Critical thinking is the most important skill you can have when you're living in a world that seems to have lost its mind. Everyone out there is trying to tell you what to think. I want to teach you how to think. In every episode, I'm exposing the logical fallacies being used by advertisers, politicians, influencers, news outlets, social media memes, and maybe even your own best friend. Warning, listening to this podcast will cause you to see bad thinking everywhere. Welcome to the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast. Hey guys, what is up? I am so glad you're back for another episode of the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast. I love it when I hear from you. And I love it when you tell me how much you're enjoying listening and how much your kids are enjoying listening too. Truly, truly, thank you. In fact, I wanted to start today's episode by reading one of the reviews that you have left on the podcast recently. And this one is actually from my nephew, Caleb, who is 15. Yay, I love my teen listeners. So Caleb said this, why don't more people think like this? It's pretty sad how advertisements and governments, etc. today think about things, but listening to this podcast makes it more into a comedy, so to speak, because you can point out the mistakes that they make. Yes, a hundred percent. When you know how to think and when you understand and know the names and can identify all these things that fall under these categories of bad reasoning, you don't get fooled anymore. You don't get fooled by the foolishness and you can point it out and you can see what's what's wrong with it. What's wrong with the argument? You learn how to think. So Caleb, thank you for listening and for leaving a review for the show. It seriously helps me, you guys, when you subscribe, rate and review. It helps us to get this message out. And that's what we want is we want more people who know how to think. All right, let's dive into today's topic. Today, I wanted to discuss propaganda and what it is. We're in the middle of a series on different kinds of appeals, and I have several more appeals still still to share with you, but these appeal fallacies fall under the propaganda category. At least most, a lot of them do. And I don't want to assume that you know what propaganda is. So let's talk about it just a little bit. Propaganda comes in a lot of different forms, but ultimately, propaganda is an attempt to get you to buy into an idea or a belief. Britannica.com describes propaganda as the dissemination of information, facts, arguments, rumors, half-truths, or lies in order to influence public opinion. So basically, propaganda is creating a story. Um, a lot of times it's using emotion, it's creating an emotional story to sway public be- belief or to sway public opinion. And there's really two main aspects of propaganda, the method, the method and the motive. So for this, for the method, as you've heard in the definition, a lot of times propaganda is based on things that are untrue. Maybe they're overly simplified. Maybe they're only half true. They're twisted. They're taken out of context, or sometimes they're just a downright lie for the purpose of playing on people's emotions. There's almost always an emotional response that they're trying to evoke. It could be fear, dread, disgust, envy, pity, or FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. They could be evoking a scarcity mindset, getting to ple- getting people to believe that there's not enough of something which causes people to act irrationally. Hello, remember the great toilet paper shortage of 2020? <laughs> you guys remember that? Um, or it could be certain feelings that they're trying to stir up between two groups of people and trying to get two groups of people to dislike or even hate each other for whatever purposes that they're trying to create that uh, strife for. Now, as for the motive behind propaganda, it's very simple. They want to get the people to think, believe, or act a certain way. 
That's why they do it. That's why they do, that's why they create propaganda. They want to be, they want to be the ones to dictate what this certain way is. And there's always a reason they want to get people to act in this specific way. It somehow will benefit them to get this certain group of people believing and acting in this way. Maybe it'll help them politically, financially. Maybe it'll help them win somehow. It'll give them more power, etc. But there's always a motive when it comes to propaganda. Someone is always pulling the strings. Now, any group or organization can use propaganda, and lots of them do. I'll be honest. It's just, it's out there. But the biggest places we tend to think of it is in government and politics, and also as it's used during wartime. I want to give two examples of how propaganda was used during World War II. And by the way, yes, you may have noticed that World War II is my favorite period of history to read about. That's why I use it in examples so often. But first, let's talk about Nazi propaganda. The the Nazis launched a full-scale propaganda campaign about the Jews. And this campaign, the singular focus was to create racial hatred and sadly, it worked. It was very effective. In fact, Hitler is quoted as saying, propaganda is a truly terrible weapon in the hands of an expert. And seeing how he was the first minister of propaganda for the Nazi party, he was an expert. So they taught this racial hatred and division in a lot of different ways and even pushed it heavily in their school systems, in the public schools. Truly, the German people were continually convinced of the inferiority of these other races that the government was telling them were dirty, that they carried diseases, that they were taking money from the Germans, etc., etc. And sadly, like I said, it was effective and it eventually led to the extermination of 6 million Jews and 5 million other races or groups of people who are also deemed undesirable. Like, what an atrocity. So that, so that was the, the Nazis, right? They were, and you can, if you were interested in this and want to look up, just do a Google search of Nazi propaganda. There is a ton out there and you'll be able to see the flyers and the posters and everything that they did in this propaganda campaign. Now, let me ask, did the U.S. also use propaganda during World War II? Yep, we sure did. So let me give you an example. One example of the U.S. propaganda right here at home in the States was to help drum up support for the war among Americans. And one that is still part of our culture today is that of Rosie the Riveter. So she's a fictitious person who was made up to help encourage women to go get factory jobs to help produce planes and other vehicles needed for the war effort. And Rosie the Riveter is just one of the propaganda efforts that was created to help get Americans back at home on board with the sacrifices they would need to make to support the war effort. Interesting, right? So I ask you, is propaganda good or bad? That's a good question, right? We would likely say that Nazi propaganda was bad and the U.S. propaganda was good. Is that really true? Do you agree with that? I think this is a great thing to have a conversation about. In both instances, it was creating an emotional appeal to people's hearts and minds in order to get them to think, believe, and behave in a certain way. What's interesting is that there can be many different types of propaganda. It could be art. It can be speeches, slogans, pamphlets, flyers, social media posts and memes, documentaries, TV commercials, even cartoons, advertisements, music, plays, movies, books, and other literature, and even sermons in religious institutions. Oh, yes, all of those were used 
um, obviously not the social media stuff, but during World War II, the possibilities are literally, are literally endless. And since most people have not been taught how to think, go back and listen to episode four to find out why, this propaganda is very, very effective. People who don't know how to think are easily manipulated through their emotions, which is exactly what propaganda does. Now, is it true that propaganda is always bad and evil? Again, that's a great question. One could argue that all marketing is really kind of propaganda, um, or most of it anyways. If I were to try to get you, let's say I was going to try to get you to buy a certain brand of sneakers, my brand of sneakers, and I want, I would want my TV commercials to be effective in motivating you to go online or go to the store, spend your money and buy my sneakers. My motivation would be to sell sneakers and support my sneaker making business. Is there anything wrong with that? No, of course not, right? Of course not. But a wise person, when watching my TV commercial, should ask themselves a few questions. Do I need another pair of sneakers? Do I even like them? Are those sneakers any good? Will they last or just fall apart quickly? Are they even comfortable? Do I have the money to spend on them? Are the things they're saying in that TV commercial even true? Right? Do you see what I'm doing here? I'm filtering it through a brain cell and actually taking the time to think about what I'm being told before I take action on it. I'm making sure that action is really what I need to be doing right now or if I'm just taking action because someone else is influencing me to do so. So here's the question to ask yourself when you're faced with propaganda. Who is behind this message? What are they trying to get me to do, think, and believe? And what emotion are they trying to evoke to do so? Is what they're saying really true? I know that's a mouthful. Let me say it again. Who is behind this message? What are they trying to get me to do, think, or believe? And what emotion are they trying to evoke to do so? Is what they're saying really even true? Guys, this is what it comes down to. They know that if they can make you feel a certain way, they can then get you to behave in some maybe even shocking ways but you don't have to fall prey to this. All right, tune into tomorrow's episode when we're gonna dig even deeper into the emotional appeal behind propaganda and learn why it's used so often and how to be on guard against it. And remember, when you learn how to think, you will no longer fall prey to those who are trying to tell you what they want you to think. And it all starts with asking one simple question. Is that really true? I would love to hear from you. Do you have questions about fallacies and cognitive biases? Are you now starting to see and hear them everywhere around you too? Well, send them in. They just might get featured on the podcast. You can email them to me at think at filteritthroughabraincell.com or you can connect with me on Instagram at filteritthroughabraincell. And if you want to be notified about when new episodes come out and all the things that we're doing, go to www.filteritthroughabraincell.com and sign up to receive email updates. I would love it if you would help us on our mission to teach society how to think well. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this podcast with people in your life. 